Hello, all you heathens out there. Welcome back to the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast. I am your Bible Belt Atheist, here to serve you, or at least talk shit. Hey, welcome back. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. If you have come back for more, thank you again. The Bible Belt Atheist coming to you live from Lynchburg, Virginia, the capital city of the Bible Belt. Coming to you today, the day before Memorial Day. Excuse me. I'm recording this on Sunday, the day before. I'm going to put it out today. I'm recording this while all the good kids are at church. And um, I wanted to talk about Memorial Day. I hope everyone's going to have a good long weekend, take some time off from work, have some fun, maybe go to the pool, maybe uh, have a nice big cookout, do something fun with family and friends. Uh, have a nice, safe, fun, relaxing weekend. I think that's definitely what we look forward to on these long weekends where the holidays give us a little break from reality. And um, I'm a big fan of Memorial Day. I'm not always a big fan of holidays or, you know, anything that is Bible driven, but Memorial Day really isn't. It's uh, driven by, a, it's a day to honor and show respect and love for the veterans of our country, whether they served in times of peace or in times of war, to just uh, show a little appreciation for what they've done, what they've sacrificed, whatever the reason that they did it. Um, one thing that I've learned over the years from books that I've read, documentaries that I've watched, people that I've talked to, is that generally the people on the front lines actually doing the the battles, the battling, the hand-to-hand combat, the rifle use, and so on and so forth. Uh, they're usually the poor people from our society. They get thrown to the front lines. The rich kids or the people that come from wealth, um, usually they can either draft dodge or they can run away to another country or they get a nice cushy office job where they don't actually have to see battle and uh, they don't have to actually use a weapon. So in our history of our country, it's the poor everyday people, the working class people that go to the front lines and risk their life. And we need to honor those people. We need to have nothing but love and respect for them. And I'm speaking to you as the grandson of a U.S. Marine who fought during World War II in the Pacific. He fought hand-to-hand combat, face-to-face with the Japanese in the Pacific. And um, he didn't like to talk about it very much. Actually, he didn't talk about it very much, but I have his uh, Medal of Honor and I have uh, his two Purple Hearts that he received. Uh, Purple Heart is given to you when you were hurt in the line of duty. You were injured in battle. He was was hurt twice. Um, So I have a very strong love and appreciation for those guys, especially the Marine Corps, because they're the ones that they just get down and dirty. They do all the, they do all the stuff that nobody else wants to have to do. So, um, he, he joined the Marine Corps, um, almost immediately after Pearl Harbor was attacked by the Japanese. And, um, he lied about his age. Uh, My grandfather grew up speaking French. He grew up in Louisiana, uh, his family were all sharecroppers, which meant that they worked 
and took care of the land that they didn't own, that they didn't own. Wow, it's early. They did not own the land that they worked. Um, so basically, um, they were, I'm not going to compare it to slaves, but in a way, when you work land and are given just enough to survive, it's kind of hard to come up with a better term. But um, he did. He lied about his age. Um, I believe he was only uh, 16 when he enlisted in the Marine Corps. He was 17 when he was sent out to fight. And he fought to the end. He fought till 1945, till the war ended. And he came back to the United States and went to work and started a family. And here I am, your Bible Belt atheist. And so the one thing that I've done a lot of time, spent a lot of time doing, I can't talk today. I guess English really isn't my first language. Um, the one thing I've done is I've studied up a lot. I'm a history buff and I'm fascinated with our history as a country with things like warfare and when we've been attacked or when we've attacked and so on and so forth. And the reasons behind it or trying to get to it, you'll never really know what the reasons are. We have a lot of crazy people who get to control these things and who really knows where their minds are or what their intentions are. Um, just as an example, talking about World War II, um, if you listen to the super patriots who always believe that our military is always right and that the decisions made to use our military are always made because we have a higher moral standard than the rest of the world, they'll have you believe that we were a big part of the allied forces that went in and freed the remaining Jews from the concentration camps. And we were part of the team that, that brought an end to that and brought it into the murder of millions of Jews. And yes, we were a part of that, but that was not our first intention. We had stayed completely out of world war two. Um, we were kind of just standing by watching for many years while uh, Jews were being rounded up and put on trains. And um, why did we not intervene, you ask, when these, these atrocities were clearly happening? There was a lot of proof that these things were going on. I mean, an entire city of Jews doesn't just disappear without someone asking questions, right? No, we did not enter World War II to save the Jews in Europe from the Nazis. We entered World War II because we were attacked by the Japanese. And it was probably the world's greatest sucker punch. And that's what it was. Now, there were reports that we had warnings that weren't heeded, that weren't that were not paid attention to. That we had warnings that the bombers were coming from from Japan that nobody paid attention to it because I guess deep down inside we were kind of arrogant and cocky and felt like there's no way they're going to attack us with the United States. That, that would be crazy. That would be suicide. <clears throat> Excuse me. And yes, there were suicide bombers that were part of that, but we didn't enter world war two until we were attacked by the Japanese until we were attacked by non-white people. And we did not enter the world and, the World War II until we were attacked by people who have different beliefs than us that don't necessarily have the white Anglo-Saxon Christian belief system. 
Now, if you read your history books, and some people will admit this and some people won't, but it's true, the Nazi party in Germany started out as a Christian organization. And they were an entire nation and what became an entire group all over Europe of white people that claimed to be Christians. And that's why they formed the Nazi party. And I I believe that's why the United States never got involved in World War II before Pearl Harbor. It's because we really don't like going to war with white Christian countries. If you look back at the history of war with other countries, we usually only attack countries that have brown people and believe in a different God. Um, The Bushes were classics uh, when doing this. George Bush Sr., we went to war to protect Kuwait, right? The Persian Gulf War. That was the, the story they told us, right? Iraq, this big country, was attacking this small little country called Kuwait, and we went there to defend them. That's a good story, and it's really good for building morale. But the truth is we only went there to protect our oil interests. I don't think anybody in the U.S. government even knew Kuwait existed until we realized that they were being attacked and they sat on a lot of oil. So Bush Sr. goes in. And we go to war, and a lot of the guys come back, come back with PTSD from the Persian Gulf experience, and no fault of their own. I will never, I will never fault anyone who serves in the military who goes overseas and fights in a war or a battle. I will never fault, I will never find fault in them doing what they were asked to do or what they were told to do. The fault that I see is at the top of the chain. George Bush Sr. went into war with Iraq to protect oil for our country, not for Kuwait. Kuwait already had plenty of oil for themselves, but we wanted it. So I'm convinced that's why we went to war, the Persian Gulf War. And if you fast forward to... um, Further years down the road, after the 9-11 attacks, we go into Afghanistan and we go into Iraq. And our government tells us that we're going in to protect ourselves because they have weapons of mass destruction. That was all proven to be false. It was all just a big sham. They never found weapons of mass destruction. They never found any way that Iraq could attack us attack mainland USA from where they were. And Dick Cheney, the vice president, had a vested interest in an arms company, in a company that manufactured and sold arms to the military. So it was in his best interest to go to war with somebody. So then when brown people that believe in a different God than we do fly planes into buildings because of their belief in their God, we take this as a great opportunity 
to attack entire countries. Entire countries. We didn't go after just the little sect of terrorists that were responsible for the 9-11 attacks. We went after entire countries because it created revenue. And that's why we went to war in the Middle East. We don't come from a higher moral standard than anyone else. As a matter of fact, we might be as full of shit as any country in the world. But going to war is a great generator of revenue. There's nothing in the world that creates more profit on planet Earth than war. Now, how do you get support for a war? How do you get the American people to go along with these actions? Well, you attack brown people that serve a different God. That's how you do it. So that's what they did. I don't necessarily feel that the attacks of 9-11 were our fault. I will not go as far to say that. But I definitely think sticking our noses into other countries' businesses is um, it's quite the... It's quite the inspiration for an attack. You know, when we went to the Middle East during the Persian Gulf experience, we stuck our nose in other countries' business. And they remembered that shit. And they did not appreciate it. And we only went there for oil. Now, we as Americans will tell ourselves anything. We'll say, hey, we went there to protect the little guy from the big guy, right? We, all, we always want David to be Goliath, right? We always want to, because we think that puts us on a higher moral plane than anybody else when we go in protecting the underdog. And that's what we told ourselves. We were protecting Kuwait. We were protecting freedom. Bullshit. We were protecting oil is what we were doing because we like driving our, our cars. And every war we've been in, I guess probably since the Civil War, has in one way or another involved us attacking or building a case to attack people that don't look like us and don't believe in the same gods that we believe in. If you go back to Vietnam, uh, we went into a country, I don't understand why anybody thought that Vietnam was ever a threat to us. You know, they use the excuse of we're trying to stop the spread of communism. Basically stop the spread of people that didn't believe in their Southern Baptist God. That's what they were trying to stop. They weren't trying to stop communism. They were trying to stop people with different beliefs. We were trying to stop those beliefs from spreading. And the general who led most of of the battles and most of the war on our behalf in Vietnam even went as far as to say, and he went on television and he told every American that the Vietnamese do not believe that life is as sacred as we do, that they don't value the human life as much as we do. 
And that's why we have to we have to protect the rest of the world from those beliefs spreading, right? That's what we do. That's what our government does. That's what our military does. We go in and we create a scenario where we're always the good guy. If we're a cowboy, we're always wearing the white hat. I, I, you know, I, generations of people have bought into this. My grandfather, towards the end of his life, did not agree at all with the Persian Gulf conflict. He did not agree at all with going over there and under the guise of protecting Kuwait. He didn't believe in that at all because he had been to war. And he used to tell me that uh, you never want to experience war. You never want to go through that. And when the Persian Gulf conflict started, I was 18. And there was a lot of talk going on around whether or not there was going to be a draft. If you were around and you were old enough to remember it, those were conversations that were being, that were taking place in the government. On TV, you could watch it on the news. They were talking about bringing back a draft for this conflict. Didn't scare me much. I was 18 and pretty much thought I was invincible, but it scared the shit out of my mother, but it scared my grandfather even more because he had been to war. He had been to war to fight for this country that he believed had been savagely attacked by the Japanese at Pearl Harbor because that's how the country felt. It was a great sucker punch. There was really no reason for it. So, we went into World War II defending against that. My grandfather did not see any reason for any American young man to go to Kuwait to fight a war to protect our oil. So the old Marine with two Purple Hearts, with a Medal of Honor, who spent four years in the military, in World War II, did not agree with any war that we were involved in after World War II. He never thought that Vietnam was a threat. He never was worried about communism spreading. They talk about it like it's a disease. It's not a disease. It's a thought. Much like Hate crime is not a real thing. If you beat somebody up, that's the crime. You not liking them because of them being different than you is not a crime. Same thing with the military. Why would we want young men and women to have a chance of dying over defending crude oil? over defending a philosophy. Because that's what happened after 9-11. Our country, we weren't, we weren't defending ourselves against people that had weapons of mass destruction because it was proven they didn't. We weren't defending ourselves against an enemy that could attack us and kill all of us. We were defending ourselves against Allah. 
against Muslims. That's what we were defending ourselves against. You can call it whatever you want. You can say, hey, it was another sucker punch like Pearl Harbor. No, it wasn't. It was a handful of people that were deep evangelicals, a handful of people that believed that their God was commanding them to do this deed. And in return, we attacked countries. We didn't attack people. We didn't attack this little cell, this little group of people that were breeding warriors to come over here and attack us because we believe in a different God. We were attacking entire countries. That's what we were doing. Men, women, and children, we killed them all. Because we were trying to protect ourselves from Allah, from the Quran. These men and women that go overseas even now and serve in our military, they're heroes. They go over there every day and they live their entire life, every minute of every day of their life, doing what they are asked and told to do by our government. I think they're amazing people and have a much stronger will than I will ever have because I question everything. I'm not going to run into battle with a gun in my hand without saying, uh, wait a minute, why the fuck are we doing this again? I'm not, I'm going to be the guy that's going to stand there and ask questions. Probably get shot while I'm doing it, but that's okay. I'm going to ask the fucking questions. Um, my grandfather went into the Pacific. He didn't even know where he was. If you would have showed him a globe, he would not have been able to pick out on the globe where he was. He got on a fucking plane and then got on a fucking boat and then got on another plane to fly to this small fucking island and start shooting people. That's what he did. Didn't know where he was at. Didn't know if he was going to live. Didn't know what was going on in the rest of the world. They had no idea what was going on on the European front. They had no idea how the war was progressing with the other allied forces battling Hitler and trying to push back against the Nazi regime. He had no idea what was going on. Not one fucking clue. All he knew, he was handed a gun and he was told to shoot anybody wearing a different uniform than his. And that's what he fucking did. Now, there are a lot of people out there that will say that anybody involved in war, anybody involved in killing an enemy is wrong. That they're all wrong. You're just as wrong as if you're the president all the way down to the first class Marine that's doing the fighting. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. I think the real criminals are the Dick Cheney's and the Bushes and the generals that sit down and decide we're going to attack these people and we're going to create this story to tell the American public so that they will back it, so that they will support us doing this. It's all propaganda and bullshit. You know, Americans love to sit back and say that, you know, the German Nazi propaganda machine was the most evil thing ever created. It's the most evil things ever been uh, put on humans. Yeah. 
We learned quite a lesson from that, right? We learned quite a lesson about propaganda from from the Nazi party during World War II. We learned how to do it. We didn't learn that it was not supposed to be done. We learned how to do it and get away with it. We learned how to brainwash people. That's part of Christianity. The government loves Christianity. Because if you have a group of people that will believe anything they're told, it's a whole lot easier to sell war to them. It's a whole lot easier to say, hey, you remember that story, David versus Goliath? You remember that story you were taught in church? Well, that's what we're going to go do when we protect Kuwait. Kuwait's David, and we're going to go protect David. Just like in the Bible. Just like in the Bible. That's what we're going to do because we're Americans and we have a higher moral standards than anybody else in the world. So we'll always protect David. And then when 9-11 happened, we became David, right? We became the wounded, hurt, innocent person that was, was not wounded by any action of their own. We were attacked. We did nothing wrong leading up to that. Not one thing wrong. We did nothing wrong in the Middle East before we were attacked by terrorists on, at 9-11. Well, if we did nothing wrong, then why did they attack us? If they were over there minding their own business and we were over here minding our own business, then why did they feel the need to attack us? Because Allah told them to. And because they had been provoked 10 years earlier during the Persian Gulf conflict. We went over there as Americans and we picked a fight with a Middle Eastern country because we were worried about our oil supply. Yeah, we weren't innocent. We weren't attacked for no reason. And this still keeps going on. We're still in the Middle East poking the bear. You know, we're still fucking with brown people that have a different God than we do. We're still fucking doing it. How do you think this is going to end? How do you think our standing in the world is going to end? How do you think, are we going to take over and make the whole rest of the world become Southern Baptist Christians? They're finally going to see the light. They're finally going to get it. They're going to lay down their arms and they're going to believe in our God and all world, all, all wars will come to an end. You think that's going to happen? Yeah. That's what they would have you believe. That if we stand up as Americans, as good Christian folk, the rest of the world will eventually come around. I mean, it's a great story. Now, one other thing I'd like to talk about uh, in reference to Memorial Day is health care. Health care for veterans, to me, is should be a no-brainer. It should be something that we would take pride in making sure is the best care possible for the people that have served our country. 
my grandfather was very fortunate. Uh, he was healthy. Um, he was healthy all of his life, actually. Um, he was able to work. He worked for 50 years in paper mills as what they used to call a millwright. I guess now they would call a machinist. He made sure that all the machines ran like they were supposed to and fixed anything that broke and kept everything moving forward. And it was a dirty, nasty, hot, greasy job. And he loved it. They moved him one time into a training position where he, they wanted him to work in an office and teach classes. And that lasted about two weeks. He said, you can keep the raise. I'm going to go back out in the plant and work. And that's what he did. But, um, he always had the best health insurance. He always made sure that he and my grandmother always had really good health insurance. And um, even after he retired, my grandmother spared no expense on paying for the top of the line, top of the line Medicare supplements, made sure that they always had a good prescription plan. And they, they felt that health insurance was very important because unfortunately my grandfather had been to many VA centers to visit friends over the years. And that was the last place he ever wanted to end up was in a, v, a VA medical center, um, somewhere that veterans go when they really can't afford um, to have their own doctors and their own health insurance and so forth. And he, he was ashamed of our area VA center. Uh, he had been there several times over the years, not to be treated, but to either give someone a ride there that needed to go there or to go to visit someone there. Um, his best friend in the last, I don't know, 20 years of his life was actually his pastor. And his pastor was uh, also in World War II, and he was an Army veteran. And immediately when he got out of the military, he went into theology, became a pastor. And uh, he was one of those old small-town pastors that uh, they didn't make a lot of money. The church paid for their house and paid their rent. But one thing the church didn't pay for was his health insurance. So he relied on the VA center in our area. And my grandfather would take him there and spend the day with him to make sure he had safe travels and got what he needed. And my grandfather was disgusted by the place, to be honest with you. Um, and I think that's something that we need to talk about. Honoring veterans is great. Um, but honoring them on more than just one day a year should be essential. And how do we honor them? Well, we make sure that they have the things that they need to be happy, healthy, safe, and comfortable in life. Um, there aren't many World War II veterans left. I don't know. I don't know the pace exactly anymore uh, that that they're passing on. But I, I think at one time, 10, 12 years ago, it was like a thousand, fifteen hundred a day, maybe. And I'm sure it's only increased since then. Um, now you know, the Vietnam veterans are on up in age and those poor guys went through a lot. Um, chemical warfare, agent orange. We lost a lot of them in the eighties because of the cancer that they had. Uh, one of my best friends growing up, his dad struggled many years with horrible cancer, had a horrible life. The last five or six years of his life, he finally passed away, I guess, somewhere in, in the mid to late eighties. And, uh, it was just a horrible existence, but you know, he was in Vietnam, he was on the ground and, um, he suffered tremendously and he suffered from a chemical agent that Americans used. He, he 
didn't even get cancer from an agent that the Vietnamese used. No, it was a chemical agent that we Americans used ourselves. And we ended up killing a lot of our own men and women doing it that way. And uh, shame on us, right? But, um, yeah, I think there needs to be an overhaul of the VA system in our country. Um, I, I don't think it needs to be run as a government agency. The government can't run anything. The DMV is a clusterfuck. The post office is a clusterfuck. Um, everything that the government tries to run for us ends up being an absolute clusterfuck. Um, the only thing that our government is really good at is sending out checks. They have mastered that shit. They can get you a check even if you don't have an address. As long as you've got a savings account somewhere, they can get you a check. You don't need, You can be homeless and our government can get you a check, right? But we can't seem to figure out how to most efficiently and humanely run VA centers. And I'm sure that some of you may live somewhere where you have an amazing VA center. And that's great. But the VA centers in my area suck tremendously. They've probably gotten a little better over the years because I don't hear about them as much. And I think maybe the reason that I don't hear about them as much is that all of those people have died. The people that used to complain the most about the VA centers have all died. If there's no one left to complain, then they must be doing something right, right? But I think that's the best way to honor our veterans. When I talk to someone in public um, and I find out that they're a veteran, maybe they're wearing a hat, maybe they're wearing a shirt, or maybe they just tell me that they're a veteran. At that point, I just say, thank you for your service. I don't care what their religious beliefs are. I don't care what their social beliefs are. I don't care if they're Republican. I don't care if they're Democrat. I don't care if they voted for Trump. I don't care if they believe in QAnon. If I know that someone's a veteran, I'm going to, from the heart, sincerely tell them, thank you for your service. It means everything. Um, yeah, when you get into conversations like that, all the other stuff goes out the window. And there are other situations where I will show someone respect and gratitude and not give a fuck if they believe in a God or any God. So veterans deserve that. They deserve more than they've been given. The poor guys, and they were kids, most of them, the poor kids that came home from Vietnam came home to being spat on and being called baby killers and, and having protest, uh, protesting against them individually. You know, the, the guys from World War II came home as, as international heroes and they were treated as such. They were ticker tape parades. And, uh, um, my grandfather, once the guy at the first paper mill he applied to knew that he just got home from World War II Instantly gave him a job. Didn't even ask him his name. Oh, you, you're just getting back from World War II? Where did you serve? Oh, okay. You have a job. Sir, I don't know what your name is yet, but you can work here. That's how they were treated. That's how my grandfather was treated. But these poor guys that came home from Vietnam, um, they were treated 
as enemies in their own country. Now, I'm not saying that Viet- Vietnam protests weren't um, weren't called for, and I, I think that everyone has the right to protest, but the people that protested the individual soldiers coming back were protesting the wrong group. They should have been protesting Johnson and Nixon. They, sh- they should not have been protesting their neighbor that just came back home from a traumatic experience. We have to... Focus our anger and our ill will towards the right people, and that is the government, that are the people that sit on Capitol Hill or the people that sit in the executive branch in our country that never have to put a helmet on, never have to run in with a gun anywhere. Those are the people that make the decisions to send young women and men to the front lines to fight. That's where your contempt should be aimed. That's where your anger should be focused. Not to the poor people that are just doing their job. So I hope you think about that. I think everyone has a story to tell related to a veteran. I obviously have my grandfather. I know everyone in life will, if you go out at all, you'll run into a veteran. You'll run into an old guy wearing a a Marine Corps hat or an Army hat or they've got a bumper sticker, you know, or they got a license plate that identifies them as being a veteran. Those aren't the bad guys. Those are the guys that were doing their job and doing what they're told. The bad guys are the ones that sit in federal offices and play chess with your and my life. Those are the bad guys. I've always believed that citizens of countries are always good people, no matter where you go. All people are good people. The governments are what's bad. And that's the truth. Governments go to war with governments. They just use their citizens to do the fighting. So please don't disrespect a fellow citizen just because they fought in a war you didn't believe in. I don't consider our government to be citizens because they don't have to live as citizens. They live as rulers, as controllers, as demigods, they get to make decisions with no consequences, no personal consequences. The decisions they make, the consequences always go to the people that they force into battle. And I think people need to realize that and need to remember that. Because at the end of the day, your neighbor is your neighbor. And we can all have disagreements We can all have disagreements over um, religious beliefs, political beliefs, socioeconomic beliefs. We can all have those differences. But at the end of the day, our government looks at us as one. And we are just a tool. We are a tool to try to accomplish their agenda. Whether we agree with their agenda, whether or not we're going to benefit from their agenda means nothing to them. They don't care 
about the numbers. They only care about winning. So our veterans are pawns in a bigger game. And they're just like you and me. I've never fought in a war. I've never been in the military. I could be. They ever drafted middle-aged fat guys to go fight unrealistic battles. I could, but I didn't. Maybe I should. Maybe I should have joined the military when I came out of high school. Maybe I would have been sent to Persian Gulf. Maybe I'd have a completely different view of everything. But I think I would still respect my neighbors that did go into battle and did do what they believed was right because they were doing what their government told them to do. So happy Memorial Day to all the veterans out there, to anyone out there who has a veteran close to them like I did with my grandfather. Happy Memorial Day to everybody who gets a three-day weekend. Praise the Lord and pass the beer. It's a three-day weekend. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If you've come back for multiple visits, I greatly appreciate that as well. If you'd like to reach out to me, talk to me, make a comment, ask a question, um, threaten me, whatever. I don't care. Uh, The email is the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast at gmail.com. No capital letters, no punctuation, just the Bible Belt Atheist Podcast at gmail.com. Have a great holiday and get out there and get to sinning. <laughs>